Good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us here at Lighthouse Discipleship Center. My name is Dave Everett, and uh, we just welcome you here. Uh, we're going to be talking about the name of Jesus this morning, which is kind of a continuation of our previous series on God Revealed, as we went over the seven redemptive names of God. And now we're going to uh, conclude this series with uh, actually its own little series, a mini-series on the name of Jesus. And... Uh, I'm not sure, well, I might be able to get up your name this morning. If not, we'll, we'll make this a two-part message. Uh, but anyway, we're going to be talking about the name of Jesus this morning. And so, uh, anyway, just before I get in there, we do have our Bible study tonight at 6 o'clock. Uh, the True Nature of God. And then we have a Bible study on Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock on the New Year and the Holy Spirit. So, even during this Christmas season, uh, we our, our schedule is going to stay... Uh, 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 on Sundays and Wednesdays. Uh, we'll do a Christmas message the Sunday before uh, Christmas on peace on earth. And so I'll do that as we get uh, closer to Christmas. But anyway, so here, uh, without further announcements, I don't think I have any more this morning. Just so you know, we do have a website, lighthousediscipleship.org. That's where you can support us with your tithes offerings uh, there, as many do. And then uh, we also have all of our messages are archived there as well as our YouTube channel, Lighthouse Discipleship Center. So I like to, I like to mention those things. Uh, but let's go ahead and, uh, I got a lot this morning, so I'm not sure if I'll get it all in this morning or we'll, we'll make this a, a two-part message or not. But we'll just see how we do. But again, like I said, this is a continuation of our, our previous series, God Revealed. If we went over the seven redemptive names of God. And how all seven of those names point us to, to Christ. How all those names reveal God to us. We Just real quick, in, in summary, we went over these seven redemptive names. That Jehovah Jireh, the Lord is our provider. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord is our healer. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is our banner or our victory. Jehovah Mekidosh, which is the Lord who sanctifies. And the Lord Jehovah Shalom. The Lord our peace, Jehovah Tenescu, which is the Lord our righteousness, and then we ended off last week with the Jehovah Shema, which is the Lord who is presence. So we're uh, we're going to continue on that theme, but we're going to be talking about the name of Jesus, and there's you know uh, he's Emmanuel, he's God with us, which which is also goes with the last name that we just uh, we just ended off with last week, which I, I, I alluded to that last week. But we're going to be talking about the name of Jesus, the power, there's power in the name of Jesus. And we're going to be talking about a lot of that this morning. And there's a lot that we, there's a lot of, that we can talk about in this name of Jesus. You know, the early church, and after we're done with this series, I know we're going to have a Christmas message soon, but I'm going to be talking about the Holy Spirit. And I don't know exactly how many weeks I'll go with that. We'll just see how we do. But the early church, after Christ was born, that's when we're celebrating Christmas, Emmanuel, God with us. He died. That's when he came to die. This child was born to us, given to us, that he could die, that we could live. And uh, he, uh, he gave his life so we could live. But after he died, he, he <coughs> excuse me, rose again, and then he ascended to heaven. We see that in the book of Acts, in chapter 1, that the church was born on the day of Pentecost. This is 50 days after uh, uh, Jesus' uh, the cross and whatnot, and the resurrection. 
But the church, the church was born. The church was born at Pentecost. Jesus even told the disciples, and I think it's in Luke chapter 24, don't, he, he, he said, you're going to be witnesses, and we're going to, in the Great Commission, we're going to make disciples of all nations. But he told them to wait until they receive the power from on high. We'll talk a lot about that in the weeks to come. But the church continued the ministry that Jesus started. Jesus started the ministry. He went to the cross. He, he, he empowered us. He made us right with God. He empowered us with his Holy Spirit, which we'll be talking about very soon here. And, uh, and then the, the, the church being powered by God through the finished work of the cross, through the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, they, they, they continued uh, his ministry. Because why? First of all, there's so many different reasons, but it all stems back to Jesus is alive. Jesus is, is alive. And they continued his ministry because he wasn't dead. They could, they didn't, in other words, what I'm, what I'm trying to say is they didn't continue his ministry as if he was dead. As if they were successors of Jesus. They were continuing his ministry because he was still alive. He was on the inside of them. If you are born again, Jesus is on the inside of you. And God wants, God, Christ, God, the Holy Spirit, wants to continue Jesus' ministry through you. We are all able ministers of the new covenant. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. And so... They were filled with his spirit, which we'll be talking about in the, in the weeks to come. And they, they, they preached his word, and they preached the gospel of Christ, which we talk a lot about in this church. And they walked around, they walked in the authority of the name of Jesus. Real quickly, just to kind of kick things off, go ahead and go with me in your Bibles, if you have them, to Luke 24. And we're just going to use this as a kind of a, a, a launching pad to get, get things rolling here. Luke 24, we'll pick it up in verse 44. And the context is, Jesus has already raised from the dead. And he's meeting the disciples. <coughs> we have the, the, the doubting Thomas scene, and, and all that's revealed. And, God, and Christ reveals himself, and they were able to put his, their, 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 they were able to touch the holes in his hands. And they're piercing his side. And they were able to see the, our resurrected Lord. <coughs> it was after the road to, to Emmaus. Luke 24 talks about the, 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 the two disciples that met Jesus on the road to Emmaus. It's a beautiful chapter. But it's in this scene that Jesus shared, shared some things. And he says, beginning in verse 44. And then he, Jesus, said to them, These are the words which I... <coughs> Excuse me, spoke to you while I was still with you, that all these things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. Just pause right there, this is a minor point, but all the scriptures points to Jesus. All he covers it all. Prophets, the, the law, the law, the prophets, and the Psalms. They all speak concerning Jesus. Verse 45. <coughs> and he he, Jesus, opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. How many of you believe that Jesus wants us to understand the scriptures? Jesus wants us to comprehend the scriptures. And what do the scriptures reveal? They reveal Jesus. Are, are you following me so far? One thing about live streaming, I can't see your head nod. But, you know, let me just pause here just for a moment. 
The parable of the sower, the seed, the seed, the word of God fell on all the different types of soil. All the different types of soil heard the word, but only the good soil heard it and understood it. God wants you to understand the word. That's one of the attributes of the Holy Spirit that we're going to be talking about soon. He is our teacher. He's the spirit of truth. And he will reveal, the, he will bring the scriptures to remembrance to you. That's, one, that's not his only role, but that is one of his roles. And he's our teacher. And he's always going to bring the scriptures to our remembrance. And the scriptures reveal who? Jesus. They are, and God wants us to understand the scriptures because he wants us to understand Jesus. And, and hopefully I'm making sense. Verse 46. And then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm going to read that again. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. We'll talk about this in the weeks to come. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are Jews from Babylon on high. That was the verse I just was quoting a minute ago. They, he told them to wait. To, before they did ministry, they need to receive the Holy Spirit. We'll be talking about that in the weeks to come. Okay? But I want to zero in. There's so many aspects of this passage I get, I get, I get focused on. But we're talking about the name of Jesus. We're talking, we've been talking about how the names of God reveal God to us. And they, they, among many things, they were witnesses. They preached the gospel. They preached the message of, of the cross. They preached Jesus to them. But they preached the remission of sins in the name of Jesus. Your sins are only remitted in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. And if you read the book of Acts... And we'll spend some time in the book of Acts with this series, or with this message, is that um, the name of Jesus was preached. Yes, it's about the Holy Spirit. Yes, they had the, the Holy Spirit. Yes, they had the power, the same power to raise Christ from the dead. But they also preached in the name of Jesus. Those, those three things you'll see very commonly. That's why I started with this passage in Luke. They preached the message, which is the gospel. They preached the word, the message. They were witnesses. They were they 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 they, used, they they walked in authority in the name of Jesus. You also see other things happening in the book of Acts, healing and different things. But all those were response to the power. What was the power? The power of the Spirit, the power of the Word, the power of the resurrection of Christ, and the power of His name, the power of the name of Jesus. You can't exclude that. It's not all about the name of Jesus. But it, it, it's, it's part of the, it's part, if I can say, part of the recipe. It's included uh, in the name of Jesus, okay? And if the early church preached on the name of Jesus, among other things, they preached the gospel, they preached Christ, they preached on the Holy Spirit, but they preached in the name of Jesus. And if the, the early church did that, I think we should preach in the name of Jesus as well, okay? So, uh, let's go, because... Uh, let me just say this, because we've been talking about this in the last several weeks when we've gone through, this, gone through the seven redemptive names of God, that they all reveal his nature, his character. And the names of God 
represent not only his, they're not just titles that some people call, they're his name. They represent who he is. They represent his nature. He's Jehovah, but Jireh. He's Jehovah Rapha. He, that's who he is. He's our provider. He's our healer. He's our sanctifier. He's our righteousness. Now, everything God is, everything God, and let me just say this, everything God is, everything God stands for, everything God represents is represented in the name of Jesus. Okay? But go with me, if you will, to Philippians, the book of Philippians. We're going we're gonna to be in Philippians chapter 2. And we'll start with verse 8. Philippians chapter 2. And Paul's writing to the Philippi church, and he says, And being found in appearance as a man, he, Jesus, humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even to the death of the cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That the name of Jesus, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, and those in heaven, and those in the earth, and those under the earth. <coughs> and that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Again, there's a lot here, and, uh, but there's, there's a, you know, there's a focus on, and let me go back to verse 9. Therefore God also highly exalted him, Jesus, and given him, Jesus, the name which is above every name. And that's the name of Jesus. Okay? You know, one thing we, when we, when we teach the gospel, and we've taught many times how the gospel reveals righteousness. And when we teach on the name of Jesus, when we teach about salvation, we have to understand that our redemption is a legal matter. It's a legal matter. You know, it's not just... It's not just spiritual voodoo. It's not just spiritual. It's not just spiritual jargon. Our redemption in Christ is a legal matter, and when you understand that, it will be in one sense easier to put faith in it. Because if it's legal, if it if it's, uh, it, then it has to work. Um, let me bring some light to some of that. God originally gave the earth to mankind. And through Adam, mankind gave that authority to Satan. Christ redeemed that authority back to the cross. That's, there's several messages I could teach to bring that out. But that's in a nutshell. And Christ redeemed and gave that authority. He took the keys. He, he, took, he gave that authority back. We see that in, in Matthew chapter 26. 28 and the other scriptures. He's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. <coughs> and his name, the name of Jesus, has power because redemption was accomplished. If redemption wasn't accomplished, the name of Jesus would not have power. If Jesus was not alive and Jesus was dead, <coughs> his name would not have power. But Jesus is alive. He did redeem us back. He did redeem us. He did redeem the earth back to us. And now, how, how was redemption accomplished? Redemption was accomplished because Jesus, a man, 
died for us. <coughs> yes, Jesus is the Son of God, but according to Philippians chapter 2, which we read in the context that Jesus humbled himself, he laid down his divinity, if you will, to become a man. Because a man transgressed, a man had to die. And it had to be a sinless man. And that's why it had to be a, a lamb without spot and without wrinkle. He, now, see, Jesus, when he came, when we were, we're, were entering into the Christmas season, Jesus was born of a virgin. Jesus entered this world legally. Satan, when he came on the scene back in the garden, he entered the world illegally. It wasn't, it wasn't, he didn't have the permission to, be, the, 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 to, to disguise himself as he had and, 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 and to beguile Eve and whatnot. He entered illegally. Jesus came legally through, through, through birth of Mary and whatnot. He came legally. He had a natural birth. Yes, he was conceived by the Holy Spirit, but his birth was a natural birth. It was a legal entry into this world. <coughs> he he lived, not only was he sinless by nature, he lived a sinless life. He defeated death. He conquered death, the devil. He conquered death. And he rose again. Those are all aspects of our as the Bible calls in Ephesians, I mean, uh, the book of Hebrews, we have an eternal redemption. Our redemption in Christ is eternal. Christ has redeemed us. He is our Redeemer. Our Redeemer lives. And we are redeemed. And because we are redeemed, <coughs> uh, His name has power. Because He's alive, because He rose again, his name has power. If he were dead, his name would not have power. But he's not dead. He's alive because his redemption, his sacrifice was accepted. If it wasn't accepted, he would not have risen from the dead. And he, he did rise. He did redeem us back. Our redeem, and we, we ended our series last week, Let the Redeemed of the Lord Say So. We are redeemed. We are the redeemed of the Lord. And when we pray in the name of Jesus, we need to know what praying in the name of Jesus means. Praying in the name of Jesus refers to his character. It refers to his, <coughs> his nature, his purpose, his integrity. It refers to who he is. And when we pray in the name of Jesus, we need to understand what that means. We need to understand that the name of Jesus represents who he is. It represents what he stands for. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry about that. Um, yeah, and also, the name of Jesus also represents what he has accomplished. It rep so, I'm sorry, I, I felt like I, I interrupted you with some of my coughing here, but... The name of Jesus represents who he is. It represents who, his nature, his character. It, re it represents his purpose. It represents what he has accomplished. And we, and I'm going to get into this, you and I were baptized into the name of Jesus. Acts 2.28. We 
Repent and be baptized into the name of Jesus, and you shall receive the Holy Spirit. You and I are bearing the name of Jesus. You and I are representing the name of Jesus. You and I are submitted to the name of Jesus. We, are, we have the power of attorney to use the name of Jesus. We are uh, baptized into his name. So, when we pray, or when we speak the name of Jesus, it should imply that we know what that name means. You know, I'm a notary public. And as a notary public, I am commissioned by the state. I have a seal. I use to authenticate documents, so certify documents in, in that sense. I, I'm using the name of the state to, to certify that this signature was legit. It was true. I ID this person. I don't have power myself. But I have, in a sense, the authority to use the name uh, of the state to authenticate certain documents, uh, to notarize that signature, to be more specific, to be more accurate. I don't have the power, but I have been commissioned to use that power. If I do it legally, if I do it the right way. We don't have power, but we are baptized into the name of Jesus, and we can use that power of attorney in a lawful and rightful way. But it helps us to know what that name means. And, that, uh, and so I'm going to get into some of that. We should know that, again, I'm going to be a little repetitive here, but we should know that, that it, it has to do with his nature, his character, his purpose, his integrity, and who he is. Go with me real quick. Well, actually, you don't have to turn there. Most of us know the Lord's Prayer. We might not be all of us be able to quote it, but I can quote a couple things that most of us will, will know. It, part of the Lord's Prayer starts with, Hallowed be thy name. His name is holy. And, and, and we pray, when we pray, we're praying because his name is holy. His name is, is, is holy. And we're praying that his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we're praying to his name. His name that's hallowed. It, hallowed. Holy. Okay? And, and, and we're praying that his name will be on earth as in heaven. We have the authority to use his name that's holy. That his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is very, that is a lot of power. To have the power to use his name, that his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. But if you don't know what his name means, if you don't know what his name represents, you're not going to know his will. But if you know his, what his will is, because you know his, his word, because all the scripture points to Jesus, and what he stands for and who he is, we can use... See, I can't just notarize any document. I have to know what I can and cannot do. And, and, and when we know his will, when we know his nature, when we know him, we can, and we, we know what this name represents, we can know that we not only have the permission, but it's going to work. It's going to manifest when we use his holy name to that his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is profound. 
Because we are his representatives. Uh, to use his name, to walk in the same authority by using the name of Jesus. The early church did. And we're going to get into some, some examples of that in, in just a minute. When we know his name and what that name represents and what that name is, when we walk into a situation, sickness, for example, or some other issue taking place, we can know the power of his name. Let me give you another example. A cop has a badge. Okay? The badge itself is not authority. But the, bad, the badge is represented by the county or state or, or, or whoever gave him, whoever swore him in, that officer is. <coughs> a lot of times a cop will have a gun. Now, I don't have a rogue gun here. I have a little play water gun, so it's obvious. Okay? Yeah, I got my Second Amendment rights here. Okay? We'll get, I don't, we won't go that route, but here we go. But a, a cop has a gun. But his authority to use a gun is a badge. And he has rules, or he or she has rules, how and when she can use this gun. Okay? A cop cannot put the law in their own hands. They are sworn to uphold whatever is behind this badge. And if necessary, they can use a gun. And there's some other things on their tool belt that they can use too. This is not the only thing that they have authority to use. And not every situation requires this to be used. But if necessary, they have the power. That a cop can be actually prosecuted for misusing this. And misusing this could be they used it excessively or they didn't use it at all. And if a situation required them to use it and they didn't use it, they can get in trouble. And if a situation required them to use it within the boundaries and they exceeded those boundaries, they can get in trouble. A cop can't commit murder. And there's a difference between murder and using the badge in the rightful way of using it. Am I making sense? This is just a natural example. But we have the name of Jesus. And what the badges is our redemption that we have in Christ. Our badges that we are baptized into his name. But we need to know what's behind the badge so we know how to use the name of Jesus. And I'm making sense. This is just a natural example. This is not, this comes nowhere compared to the name of Jesus, but I'm just trying to make some points here. Okay? You know, another thing is a judge uses this. And usually when they make a decree, they, 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 they hit their... Scaffold? I think that's what it's called. Gavel. Scaffold? Gavel. Gavel. Thank you. Thank you. Gavel. Gavel. You know, uh, scaffold. I think that's what a doctor uses. <laughs> you know, uh, but this is a gavel. But when they do it, it's, it's, it's a done deal. You know the word amen means so be it. It's the same as a gavel. In the name of Jesus, amen, so be it. That's what it means. But it's not... It's, it's not mystical words. It's not magical words. We're not doing spiritual voodoo. And I'm not trying to minimize it by that, but I, I, but I am trying to, the, the, in a sense, shake the tree a little bit. We need to get out of the mystical. The name of Jesus has power. But we need to have faith in that name. Not faith in what we're saying. There's a difference. 
There's a, there, there's a difference between having faith, am I using the right words, and having and the difference between having faith in the name. There's a difference. Okay? And so, uh, we, we, we're putting faith in Jesus, not what we're doing. But what we're doing is, is a response to having faith in his name. The key is, we have faith in Jesus. Not faith in what we do. But there's power. There's authority. You know, there's power in the name of Jesus. Okay? But we need to know how to use it, when to use it, and what represents that name. Okay? It's not, Lord, if your will be done, if it's your will, kill this person. That is not how it works. Uh, you know, uh, you know, a cop, uh, there's a bank robbery going on, doesn't have to call in, Sarge! Can I arrest this man? He robbed the bank. No, they already know the authority. They already know the rules of the game. They can't exceed that, but they, they, don't, they don't ask, you know, is it, do I have permission to pull this guy over? He's speeding. No, they've already been sworn in to do that. If we know that he's Jehovah Rapha, our healer, we know that's his will. He, by his stripes, we're healed. We don't have to ask, Lord, if your will be healed. We say, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Be healed. We already have the authority to use the name. But if you don't know the word, if you don't know what's represented behind the name, then you're going to be asking God to do something he told you to do. That makes sense? The, the, the cop is sworn in to uphold the law. They're, they're supposed to know the law. They can't uphold something that's not the law. And I understand in some situations they might need to get to the finer, uh, finer matters of things. Sometimes that's where the, the court system comes in. They're, they're, but they're, 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 they're the keepers of the peace. They're, 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 one, they're, they're, they're on the front lines, but they don't usually get into all the legal matters. They might be involved to some degree, but they don't have to call in, Sarge, can I pull over this guy who's speeding? Can I, this guy's pointing a gun at me. Sergeant, can I shoot him? He's, he's going to shoot me. No, they're, they're trained to know what they can and cannot do. We need to be discipled, and we need to know that we're baptized in the name of Jesus. And when we're praying, this hallowed be your name, your keep, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And God's will on heaven is that we're all healed. And we can, and that just is one example of other things. But we can exercise that power of attorney. I know I've been trained to know what I can and cannot do as a notary public. I don't have to call the Secretary of State every time I get a document. Can I notarize this document? No, I'm supposed, I'm supposed to know what I can and cannot do. Okay? And so, I hope I'm making sense. But when we know what his will is, because we know his script, the scriptures accurately, we can exercise that name. It's not, it's not just a phrase that we tack in at the end of our prayer, kind of like, a, you know, a, I forget, in a letter... You know, it's not just a benediction. It's not just some, it's not spiritual voodoo. There's power in the name of Jesus. And when we say amen, so be it. Okay? Um, so hopefully I'm making sense. Um, again, and this is another way of saying the same thing I've been saying. Using the name of Jesus is not superstition. There's power in the name of Jesus. And we didn't... We, we can know his will. Jesus healed 
everyone who came to him. There were some places where he couldn't heal because there wasn't faith. And that's, a, that's another topic in a sense. It, it, it fits, fits but, but, but I don't want to get off on that right now. It's just, a, but, um, you know, if Jesus did it, we can do it. Because <laughs> we're using his name. And so uh, there's nothing that Jesus did that we can't do. The only thing that we don't need to do that Jesus did is go to the cross. That's the only thing. Okay? Uh, let's go, go with me real quick to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. We'll pick it up verse 19. <coughs> In this context, Paul is praying a prayer. He's praying a prayer for the church. That means he's praying for you. And this is Paul's prayer for you. Paul, and I'm picking up in the middle of the prayer, and he prays, and, and that, uh, what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe. He, he wants us to be enlightened to something. He wants us to know something. If you, if you go to the beginning of the prayer, God wants, God, Paul, God wants your heart to be enlightened to something. And one of the things that he wants his heart, your heart to be enlightened to is verse 19 again, and he wants you to know the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the power of his mighty power, mighty, according to the work of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places. So we know the resurrection power of Christ <coughs> is our power. Verse 21, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over the, all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of God, the fullness of him that fills all in all. There's a lot here, folks. We have the resurrection power of God. And we have the name of Jesus. It says again, verse 21, far above all principality and <coughs> power and might and dominion and every name that is named. If it has a name, the name of cancer, the name of depression, the name of strife, whatever the name is, it must bow to the name of Jesus. And he has but all things. You know what the word all in the Greek means? All. All things underneath his feet. And, and, and uh, under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church. There's power. We have power as a church. Okay? Every name, name that is named. And why is this so? Why must everything bow to the name of Jesus? Why do we have this power? See, men do things in their, <coughs> in their power greater than themselves. That badge and what is behind that badge is greater than that police officer. That make sense? The authority, the, what's behind the badge, is an authority behind the officer. The officer may have authority, 
but the, 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 the governing authorities that gave him that badge, that sworn him in that badge, has more authority. <coughs> the same power that gave that officer authority is also the same power to, to keep that officer accountable. It has more authority. The badge, the, the, the power behind the badge, is the one that gave the officer authority. They gave them the officer authority to use a gun. They gave the officer authority to put bullets in that gun. Okay? But men do things in, in, things in a greater authority than themselves, whether it be natural or whether it be spiritual. People submit themselves to, to a name. They have faith. People submit themselves to uh, God. They submit themselves to false gods. Some people submit themselves to a person. Some people submit themselves to different kinds of authority, or a pastor, or a church, or an organization. You know, every once in a while I come across a, a non-believer, or a humanist of some sort. Um, there's a different way, an atheist could be another way of saying it, uh, in, in some regards. Sometimes there's a distinction. But anyway, so, someone who's not believing in God. Okay, that's the picture I'm trying to paint. And it's, it's and the argument may be, or the discussion may be, I believe this. And sometimes, and I've heard this, and Barry Bennett has actually wanted to kind of give this example. And some, some of those of you know who Barry Bennett is, he's one of our teachers at Karis Bible College. But he, he, he'll have a discussion with them, and he says, they'll say they believe this, and he will ask them, under what authority? Under what authority do you believe that? And sometimes the response is, well, I just believe it. <laughs> They're not focused on authority. They're just focused, I believe this. This is my truth. And his response to someone, well, I just believe he, Even though he asked them, what authority do you believe that? They'll, they'll just say, well, I just believe it. And he goes, well, do you know everything? Are you omniscient? Or could there be something you don't know? What gives you the authority to say that what you just said is true? What gives you the authority? And sometimes the dialogue can go, I just believe it. It's just, it's my truth. But the question is still, what gives you the authority? You know, and I know some, some people can't connect with this, but I don't know about you, but I have something to stand on. Some people may argue whether, uh, whether they agree agree with it or not, but some, some, some atheists and some, some people who don't believe are not standing on anything. But I'm standing on something. I'm standing on the Word of God. I believe in the Gospel. It's the power of God to those who believe. I'm standing on something. And there is some authority, whether you agree with it or not, that gives me the authority to use the name of Jesus and say in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. There's something, there's something I'm standing on that not only gives me authority to heal the sick and all other things, but it also gives me the authority to cast out demons. And to, to, to every principality and power has been, get, has been called to bow to the name of Jesus. And he's put all things underneath my feet. What gives me that authority? Just my belief system? Or what I'm standing on? The word of God. Everything, there must be a foundation to it. Now, whether you agree with it or not is not really the matter. But, but you know, 
Truth is truth, whether you believe it or not. But my authority to the truth I believe is the Word of God. You can argue with the Word of God if you want. That's between you and God. But I know what I believe. And, the, and, and even though you may not believe the God, Word of God, the demons know the Word of God is my authority. And they know that they must bow to the name of Jesus. You might not agree with that, but they know it. They know that there's authority in the name of Jesus. They know there's authority in the Spirit of God. You might be, there might be all kinds of spirits, but we worship the Spirit of all spirits, the Holy Spirit. And we'll get into that in a, in a, in a, in a couple weeks. There has to be an authority. There has to be, uh, sorry, there has to be some type of authority for the cop to use his gun lawfully. Even, even if they're not a cop, there's a Second Amendment and there's rules that have that permit, that have that gun, to use that gun lawfully. There's some authority that gives you the authority to use that weapon or that instrument or that power. Even a judge has to abide. A judge, a lawyer, uh, the whole system has laws that give them authority what they can and cannot do. I get it. There's un, there's un, injustice out there, and I'm not talking. But there's still authority. <laughs> Whether they're abusing that authority or not is one is another another matter. But there's still authority. And every, <clears throat> you know. And so anyway, uh, let's move forward. You know, the argument can go back and forth with people. But there is one authority that will one day end all arguments. And that's Jesus. And, I have, and I'm not so concerned so much what you believe. I, I want to help. I want to, as Paul says in Thessalonians, I want to perfect that which is lacking in your faith. But at the same point in time, I know what I believe. And I stand on it. And, and your authority does not supersede his authority that gave me authority. That makes sense? But he's my Lord. We've been talking seven weeks about the, the, the name of the, 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 the seven names of God that begin with Jehovah, Lord. He's my Lord. My circumstance is not my Lord. You're not my Lord. Uh, he is my Lord. And that my Lord has given me authority to use his name. And but Anyway, let's move forward. Let's go, go, uh, back, go back to Ephesians, if you're probably still there. Let's continue to read in the chapter 2. We ended with chapter 1. And he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you were once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. The spirit of now works in the sons of the disobedience, among whom also we all, all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of God, uh, wrath, just as, as in others. Let's skip down to verse 6. Actually, uh, uh, we'll pick it up verse 4. Sorry. <laughs> but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. That's where we are right now. If you receive Jesus, you are alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Verse 6 is where I want to get to. And raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in 
Christ Jesus. Where is Jesus right now? I know Jesus is omniscient. But beyond his omnisciency, if that's a word, if not, I made it a word, uh, Jesus is sitting on the throne. Amen? He's sitting at the right hand of God. And it says here in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, it also repeats it in Revelation chapter 3, verse 21, that we're sitting together with him on his throne. A throne is where the king exercises his authority. Amen? Can you follow me with that? And we're sitting with him on his throne in heavenly places. <coughs> if we are alive together with Christ, and we are sitting with him on his throne, who has authority? You know, he is the king of all kings. He is the lord of all lords. He is, the ma he is his majesty. All hail King Jesus. But in any kingdom... It is not a light thing for you to be able to sit on the king's lap. If you are sitting on the king's lap, you are sitting with, with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That is authority. And Jesus is sitting on the throne of all thrones. There is no throne greater than the, 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 the throne of God. And you're sitting, if you are born again, you are sitting with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You might not understand all that to its fullest, but you can understand enough that if you are sitting with Christ in heavenly places, you are sitting in authority. And if you have the permission to sit on his lap in heavenly places, and you have permission to use his name, you have authority to tell any sickness, any demon, anything where to go in the name of Jesus. We have power, folks. This is not just Christianese jargon. This is not just spiritual voodoo. There's power in the name of Jesus. Now again, I've been using some language like spiritual voodoo, but I want to address some things real briefly. I'm not trying to offend. I'm trying to preach the truth. But because, but because people do not know the power of the name of Jesus, some people have attached superstition to that name or to that power. The prayer becomes very superstitious in nature, or the way it appears. They might be saying the right thing, but the means and the, the manner in which we do it, is, it, it's off base. They might mean well, and I'm not necessarily attacking their motive per se, but it, it just, it become a, it's become a little superstitious. In some cases, I'm not saying this with every case, don't get me wrong. And again, I'm not trying to offend. But in some cases, it almost sounds like spiritual voodoo. It's, in some ways, it almost sounds like a chant in some, in some cases. And we're not chanting. We're using authority. And there's a difference. Okay? We need a revelation of what the Jesus, the name of Jesus is and what it represents. And then just use it. 
Not superstitiously, not in a weird mystical way, but with authority. You know, uh, C uh, Caesar, uh, I forget his last name, but he, he's a dog whisperer. When he teaches you how to train dogs, he teaches, he teaches you how to be a pack leader. And you don't have to lord it over the dog. You just use uh, uh, calm assertiveness to lead that dog. You know, and you train the dog to know that you are pack leader. And if you are pack, the animal kingdom understands pack leader. You get a you get a, a a group of wolves. They know who is pack leader in that, 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 that group of wolves. They're trained. There's a pecking order with chickens. They know who pack leader. And you, you you you. I mean, I'm not trying to be silly, but the animal kingdom understands authority. Okay, it's just how it works. And he's our lord. And the devil knows that we're born again. He's our lord, and we have authority. But what the devil knows sometimes is that we don't know it. Sometimes the devil knows more than we do, but we're the ones that don't know who and what we have. Instead, we are using the right things, but we don't understand the authority, and it comes across as lack of unreturned spiritual voodoo. Again, I'm not trying to attack. I'm not trying to offend. I'm not trying to assault. But I want us to see results. You know, we don't we need to chant in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. You know, I want I'll use it, you know, we'll sing songs in the name of Jesus over and over again. And there's something different between now worshiping his name over and over again versus chanting. There's a difference. Okay? We need a revelation of the name of Jesus. We are representing him. We are seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And whatever the thing is that we come against, whatever that Goliath is, whatever that, see, even, even David said, I don't come against you with sticks and stones. I come with you in the name of the Lord. David had a revelation of the name of the Lord. And he, did, he, he wasn't mystical about it. He knew his authority. David knew that no matter how big this, Goliath could have been twice the size that he was. And it wasn't because of his height and stature or his eyes or anything. It was because of the name of Jesus that Goliath came down. If you read the story, if you read the Bible, that's what, that's what brought him down. And when, when, we, when we try to, 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 to do other things to, to, to make it seem a physical reality, you know, the name of Jesus is powerful. That the walls of Jericho can come down. Anyway, hopefully I'm making my point. Everything has to bow to the name of Jesus. I didn't say it. God said it. And he, he uh, and, and everything God said is true. But when we know his character, when we know his nature, when we know his purpose, when we know his integrity, when we, <coughs> when we know his authority, the things that we're praying for, the things that we're speaking using our authority towards, they must bow to the name of Jesus. We need to know in our heart of hearts who Jesus is and who that authority is. So we don't, in other words, we don't, again, I, please don't be offended, we don't have to chant. 
and make sure and sure we tack on the name of Jesus in their prayer. I, I do pray in the name of Jesus, but I know what it means. It's not just you know, it's not the using the right words, it's having the right faith. If I'm I can have faith in my prayer and not faith in Jesus. There's a difference. There's a difference between putting faith in what I said and how I said it versus putting my name, my faith in Jesus. I know God gave me authority to, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. I can use those words, not as a religious, uh, repetitious thing, but I just know the authority I have. A cop doesn't have to say, in the name of the state of California, or in the name of whatever, uh, uh, surrender. He, he just knows. Yes, yes, they have to identify themselves in different things, in different roles with all that. But they, a cop knows his authority. Okay? Let, let me paint this picture this way. If, if I get, if, you know, if you give me a, write a check out to me, Dave Everett. And I go to the bank. That signature on that check and my account with the bank, get, you know, uh, when I endorse the check, I have my name. Or if I, if I wrote you a check and use my name, the bank has a record of, when I have an account with the bank, they have my record, they have my signature card on file. And you, don't, you and I don't have to go chant to the bank, please give me this money in the name of David. Because I wrote you a check. In the name of David, give me this. You don't have to chant it. Why? Because that signature gives the authority. Okay? And I, I know I'm being facetious here, but I'm, again, I'm trying to drive in a point. When you know your authority, you just do the transaction the way you're supposed to do, and it will work. Okay, now a, a bank transaction is, is nothing compared to the name of Jesus, but I'm again making a point. If you do the transaction properly, the way the Word of God says we can, because His name is holy, his, and we can say His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And again, I'm, I'm not trying to make fun of. I'm not trying to belittle. I'm I'm trying to bring truth and 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 uh, um, and hopefully I'm making sense to some of the things I'm trying to to come across. Um, there's another point here I thought I was missing my notes go with me real quick to Colossians Colossians chapter 3 and the way I'm going I probably won't finish and that's fine we'll probably make this a two week message I don't want to cut it short um, I mean we haven't even got to the book of Acts yet and so we will Right, there's a simple point I want to make. He says, and Colossians 3.17 says, And whatever you do in the word or in deed, do in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. You know, there's a lot I can just piggyback on this one verse right here. Everything you do, everything you say, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever you say, whatever you do, it's not just the things we're praying for. It's not just the things that the demons and things that we're rebuking. Everything we do. See, 
living, praying in the name of Jesus, one sense, is not something we do. It's a lifestyle. Everything we say, everything we do. Because everything we say, church, everything we say, everything we do represents Jesus. We are called Christians. Let me reemphasize that. We are called Christians. Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is a relationship with God. And we are in relationship with Him. Are you proud of the fact that you carry the name of Jesus? I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to everyone who believes. This power of God, this gospel, is tied in to the name of Jesus. I am a Christian. I'm a Christian. And one of the signs that I'm a Christian is that I represent Jesus and everything I say and everything I do. I'm not talking about performance right now. Some people might think I, I'm switching the, the, the gear on. But I am representing Jesus in response to who I am in Him. I'm not, I'm not living and speaking Jesus to become saved. I'm living for Jesus because I am saved. There's a difference. Everything we say, everything we do, it's supposed to be a representation of Jesus. Whatever you do in word and deed, would you want Jesus to do it with you? <laughs> Everything you just said in the last couple hours, or the last, this last week, would you want Jesus to have said it for you, <laughs> or with you? We represent Jesus. I'm not talking about doing good works because we are saved. I'm talking about doing good works because we are saved and we bear and represent his name. The world is looking at us because we are the light of the world. We are representatives of the world who Jesus is. And I've heard a lot of non-Christians through the years say, I like God, I like his word, but I don't like his people. Because there's a lot of Christians out there who are just mean, rude, ugly. And I'm not talking about their physical appearance. I'm talking about their, their, their behavior and how they treat one another. Jesus said, by your love for one another, they'll know you're my disciples. He prayed in John 17, Lord, I pray that they would be one as you and I are one the world would know that you sent me. How we treat one another is a, our best witness to the world. But sometimes we... You know, Paul says in Galatians, we are we're good to all people, especially to the, the, the family of believers. But how we treat one another should be a representation of Jesus. It, you know, even Jesus' 12 disciples were not the, the best guys on the planet. Judas was a thief. Matthew was a tax collector. Peter had a bad mouth. And yet God chose them to be his disciples who became apostles who turned the world upside down for Jesus. He didn't approve their behavior, but he, he, he turned their lives around. And, and I'm not talking about, that's not what I'm, the scope of my message so much today. But, you know, we get so focused on the power, and we're, we're going to be talking about that. But everything we do is powerful. 
if your behavior is non-Christ-like and someone never wants to come to God because they saw your, how you treated them, that's powerful in a negative sense. Or if someone didn't want to do anything to do with God, but they met, came and crossed paths with you and they saw how generous and gracious and, and merciful and loving you were, and because they saw you, they came to Jesus, that's powerful. We think of healing the sick is powerful. Yes, it is. We think casting out demons is powerful. Yes. But a life transformed because they saw they were they came in contact with a Christian who was bearing the name of Jesus. And they saw their kindness and goodness and they wanted to change their life. That's powerful, folks. People, you, your behavior, how you treat one, what you say, what you do, maybe, maybe it's not something you say. Maybe it's not something you do. Maybe some people look at your life and how, how it's falling apart. And again, don't get offended. I'm not trying to offend you. But they see how it's falling apart. And they're like, that's what being a Christian's like? I'm already falling apart without Christ. Why do I need to have Christ to have the same thing that I have? But then when they see your life as a witness and example, they see how God has transformed your life. Not that it's necessarily perfect, but they see a difference. They see a change. They see progress. You know, even a good plant might have some uh, dead leaves or branches, but the, 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 the big tree, the trees grow and there's progress. But the world will be picky. But when they see your progress, because everything you're doing is representing the name of Jesus, and your life becomes a testimony, becomes a witness to the world that this is what God does. It's awesome. It's powerful. Everything we do, Everything we say is powerful. It is a representation of Jesus. And, and I, I want that in my life. I want my life to be a testimony. And I know there's times I have, even as a pastor, there's times I fail people. And I, I, you know, I feel bad. I don't like that. That's not the testimony you want. You know, but we are supposed to represent Christ where we carry his name Wherever we go. You know, uh, I, I realize that sometimes when I've worked for different businesses, whether I was in the office or out of the office, if people knew I worked there, I represented that office or that business. Especially if I was wearing their, their, their shirt. Especially if I had my name tag on. I represent them wherever I go until I take that name. A lot of there's association with me in that business. They, they're not seeing me. They're seeing the business through me. That makes sense, and so in one sense, when I'm if I'm wearing their T-shirt or their, their uniform, or if I'm wearing their, their 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 name tag or something that has to do with them, or they they know I work there, uh, whatever I do, in one sense of the word, it represents them. We represent Christ, and so we are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. Are we making people thirsty for the gospel? Are we giving people too much salt? <laughs> you ever had too much salt? And it just has a bad taste. You have something that's not salty enough. You need some salt, but the, the, you just need a little bit of seasoning. The way you don't want too much, and you don't want too little. You want the right amount. So we need to give people the right amount of Jesus. You know, some people try to push it down their throats. That's too salty. You know, and so you you want you want the balance. You want you want to you want to you want to show Jesus. You don't want to say nothing. And sometimes we say. You know, we can say things, but we, sometimes you can say a lot with not, without saying one word. I heard one person said, you know, preach Christ all the time, and when necessary, use words. 
Sometimes our example, our life, our, and, and, and the, how we treat them isn't words enough. But sometimes we need to use words too. Sometimes uh, some things are just voice activated. Okay? Um, and what I'm trying to describe, if you're hearing my heart, is when we don't understand the name of Jesus, not just in what we not just in, in, in preaching in the name of Jesus, not just in praying in the name of Jesus, and we're going to spend some more time on that. But even in our lifestyle is perhaps some of the reasons why we're not seeing a greater manifestation of the things that we're praying for. Um, using the name of Jesus is not an act. It's a lifestyle. It is who we are in Him. I want to say that again. It's who we are in Him. We are constantly bearing, representing the name of Jesus in everything we say and in everything we do. Okay, I just want to give Tad on the time here. I've got nine more minutes left. Um, let me just say this. Bearing the name of Jesus is not being sick, it's not being in lack, it's not being depressed, it's not being a having a victim mentality, it's not fear and worry and strife, it's not living in sin, it's not self-righteous, it's not isolation, us, us for no more, it's not pride. Now I know that some, none of, none, most of us have not mastered these things. And I'm not getting on your case if you are sick or you are, do have a financial need. But let's believe God and let's turn this situation around so it will be an example to the world. Not only for you. So sometimes we just want to answer our prayers because we don't like the situation. And I agree. Let's change around so you do like the situation. But let's change the situation around so that other people can be we're witness to what God, our, the goodness of our God. Let it be a testimony of our God. But we're bearing His name, and so let's get healed. Let's get let's get delivered. Let's get our our life on track. Some of these things may be a progress to a certain degree, but let's go in that direction. Let's steer our ship. Let's let's not live in sin. Not. One, uh, so people can see our holiness. It, it, it says in Hebrews chapter 12, it, without holiness, no one see the Lord. And I, again, I don't want to get on the whole bandwagon. I just opened the, the can of worms by saying that. But if you really read the context there, if people don't see your holiness, they're not going to see God in you. That's really what it's teaching in that context, if you study it out. It's not that you won't see the Lord without holiness. There's only one, one thing that can make you holy, and that's the blood of Jesus. But the writer of Hebrews had already established that by the time he got to chapter 12. He already established that. And so he's talking, and in context, he makes some very specific language that if, if you don't live holy, people are not going to see God's holiness in you. Uh, you know, if you are, uh, our, our life, everything we say, everything we do is a witness, is a testimony for other people. And so, and God wants to do such a good thing in your life that you are such an advertisement of the goodness, of the awesomeness of our God. God wants to make your life an advertisement. You know, I should have said this earlier. 
Because we're talking about, we've been talking the last several weeks about the names of God. Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Jireh, etc. Again, the, the word, the name Jesus. Both the Greek and the Latin, its origin, its origin actually comes from the Hebrew. In the Hebrew, the name Jesus is Yeshua. Yeshua is a compound word. Yah-shua. Yah, God, Yahweh. Shua. It's, and actually Joshua is the right transliteration of the word. But Shua means salvation, which means the Lord, Yahweh, is salvation. That's what the name of Jesus means. Remember the last couple of weeks we talked about the Lord is our healer. The Lord is our righteousness. The Lord is our peace. Well, Jesus is a really another Jehovah name. It's Yahshua, which means the Lord is salvation. I should have started with that. But that's what the word Jesus means in this origin language, which is the Hebrew. Yahshua. Okay? All right. Um, I want to open the door here, and then I don't think I'm going to have time to finish it. So go with me real quick to John 14. We're going to switch gears here. We're going to switch gears. In some ways, we're going to be piggybacking on what we said. But I'm, I'm going to switch gears a little bit. John 14. And I don't know how far we'll get. And then we'll pick it up next week, and we'll probably repeat some of what I'm going to get. Because really, what I'm getting to now is really the heart of really what I want to get to. A lot of what I just said is really just an introduction to what I want to really get to. There's some, there's some meat on the bones in there, but I, I want to. There's really what I want to get to. So go with me to John 14, 13. We'll start and then we'll, we'll recap and pick up here next week. Now, just so you know the context, John 13, 14, 15, and 16. Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross. They just had the Last Supper. Jesus had just washed her feet. <clears throat> and Jesus, and, and remember I told you we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit soon. Well, in John 14, 15, and 16, Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit. But there's some other things that he says here. And we're going to get the first one right here. John 14, 13 to... to uh, um, actually, let's pick up verse 12. Jesus said, Most assuredly I say to you, He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And, and, I like that. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Jesus is very Specific here. You know, six times, six times in John 14, 15, and 16, Jesus says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. You know, how many of you know that anything Jesus says is true? But when Jesus repeats himself six times in three chapters, he means it. Okay? Let me just pick it up, verse 12, real quick. Verse 12. Verse 12 says that he says, You should do greater works than these because I go to the Father. 
How many of you know Isaiah 55 says that his word will not return void? Are you following me? His word will not. How many know the word is not the ink, but the word is Jesus? Jesus is the word. And Jesus, he says he's going to go back to his father. Jesus, the word, is going back to his father. Well, the word doesn't return void. Why did Jesus come? We're celebrating Christmas right now. Why did Jesus come? He came to die that we can live. Jesus is getting in context here. He's getting ready to go to the cross. <coughs> he's going to go to his father after he finishes the cross. And, and then he talks about, the, in context, in John, again, John 14, 15, and 16, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. Church, no other age between Adam and Christ had ever experienced the finished work of the cross. No other age between Adam and Jesus had ever experienced the baptism and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to be talking about that in the weeks to come. But Jesus said, greater works that you should do than these because I go to the Father. The fact that Jesus is going to go to the Father marks two things. That the cross is finished. Jesus going to the Father means that we're in a new covenant. And because we're in a new covenant, we can do greater works than Jesus. And because we have the Holy Spirit, which we're going to be talking about in the weeks to come, we can do greater works than these. But there's also a third element. We can use the name of Jesus because he goes to the Father. If he, hadn't got, if he didn't rise from the dead and go to the Father, we could not use his name. So in context, Jesus and in chapter 14, 15, and 16, is talking about the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of Holy Spirit language in these, in, the, <coughs> in these three chapters. He's talking about the promise of the Holy Spirit. But also, he's talking about, he also mentions six times that we can use his name. I'm going to say the Holy Spirit part for our Holy Spirit message coming soon, but we're talking about the name of Jesus. Are you following me? I, just, I said a lot of different things right there. Pick it up in verse 13. And I love, I love that verse 13 starts with the word and. And is a conjunction. You ever, you ever get those advertisements? And there's more. That's not all. There's more. <coughs> Jesus said we should do greater works than he did. You know, how many times have we heard this message? We should do greater works than Jesus did. How many of us want to do greater works than Jesus did? We can do greater works than he did because he's going to the Father. He's going to the Father because the work is going to be finished. He's going to the Father because the Holy Spirit is going to come. But he says, and, not only is the Holy Spirit coming, not only is the finished work of the cross happened, but and whatever you ask in my name that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask anything in my name, then I, will, I will do it. He, he repeats himself twice. Verse 14 is just a repeat what he said. <coughs> Excuse me, verse 13. He's reemphasizing if you ask anything. I don't know about you, but the word anything, whatever you ask, whatever. To me, that's like a blank check. If someone gave you $1,000 to go to Costco, or go to your favorite store, and you can get whatever you want for $1,000, Amazon, 
whatever the case may be. Whatever, anything that's on that website, anything that's in that store, you can get within that price tag of $1,000. But Jesus said you can ask anything in my name, and I will do it. A lot of times we say, Lord, Lord, if it be your will, be healed. Well, he just said, if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Then why would you ask if it's his will when he just told you you could do it? That's backwards. And so we, we know his will, and we can ask whatever his will. Of course, we, want to, we know that we need to ask according to his will, but we know his will about the cross. We know his will about his healing. And we know him. We can know we can ask anything his name. He will do it. And I love this part in verse 13 where it says, and that the Father may be glorified in the Son. God is glorified when your prayers are answered. Let me just say it this way. God wants to answer your prayers more than you want your prayers to be answered. God's not holding back. He's not. We're, we're not waiting on him. He's waiting on us. He's not the one stuck. We are. And so God has already given us his name if we know how to use it. If we know what it means. We don't have to get all mystical about it. We just need to believe. We need to trust it. But he says, the Father may be glorified. Why does he say, and be glorified in the Son? Because that's why the Son came. This, it says in Isaiah 96, this Son has been given to you. This Son has been born to you. Jesus was given to you. We're celebrating Christmas, but Jesus was given to you. He's God's gift to you. And what did Jesus bring? What did Jesus give you? Through his death and burial and resurrection, he's Jehovah Rapha. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's Jehovah Nisi. He's Jehovah Tinescu. He's Jehovah Shalom. He's Jehovah Shema. I know I'm missing one. Jehovah Makinish. He's given you everything. There's nothing God has hidden back. How would God not heal you if his name is Jehovah Rapha? How would God not provide for you if his name is Jehovah Jireh? He's Jehovah Jireh, not Jehovah Chippo. He is your saint. He's your righteousness. He's your victory. That's who he is. And he has given you authority to use his name. And his name is Yahshua. Which is the Lord your salvation. Salvation, by definition, in both the Hebrew and the Greek, means wholeness. It means healing. It means provision. It means deliverance. That's what the word means. That's the, if we're going to, Jesus is your healer. He is your provider. He is your deliverer. He is your wholeness. And he says, God is glorified in the Son when he, when he gives you whatever you ask for. In other words, God is not glorified. The Son, Jesus, is not glorified when you don't ask and when you don't receive. When you, your prayers are not being answered, God is not being glorified. How does that glorify God? It doesn't. But it does glorify God when your prayers are answered, when the sick are healed. When the lame walk, when the de those who were demon possessed are set free, when the Spirit of the Lord is upon us to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free, when people's lives are transformed by the power of Jesus, 
it brings glory to his name. But when you're struggling, when you are in despair, when your life is falling apart, that does not bring any glory and honor to his name. But when you, when your life is an advertisement of the goodness. Remember we study in, in Jeremiah about uh, Jehovah Tidniscu? God said he's going to cause all the nations around you to tremble because of all the goodness that I do. The nations will see, will hear what God does in your life. Some of you, they could go global, could go viral, but at least your circle of influence, at least the people who know you, at least the people who come in contact with you, can see the witness, can see the testimony of the power of God working in your life. You know, a lot of people won't listen to what you have to say until they see that your life is actually. Uh, some type of example. You know, and so, uh, am I making sense? i got to close here because we're out of time. But let me just finish on, on I want to make, a ma there's a major point I want to make here. I'll come back and revisit it next week. But if we can, so I just want you to listen good because I want, I want to say this. Feel free to what, make any notes you need to. But if we can get our faith out of the mystical realm, and into the realistic or legal realm of redemption. Our faith will grow exceedingly. When we understand the name of Jesus. When we understand when he says, ask whatever you want in my name. And we can get out of the mystical. And get into the realistic reality of the finished work of the cross. In the name of Jesus. Our faith will grow exceedingly. Because whatever you ask in my name, I'm going to do this so he gets glory. God gets glory through this. God gets glory from answering his, our prayers, and yet we ask him, Lord, if it be your will. The fact that we're praying, Lord, if it be your will, to heal so-and-so, tells us we don't even know his will. It tells there's, no, there's, there's really no faith in that. Because you don't even know his word. Where does faith come from? The word of God. So how can you have faith in something you don't even know? In a sense. You know, how did, when the people surrounded Jesus to be healed, how did they know that it was his will to heal? Because Jesus was going around healing everybody. There's some cities God healed every single person in, in that town. And when, God, when Jesus is not a respecter of persons, but he's healing everybody he comes in contact with, word gets around that whatever you need, he's going to heal too. As long as you have faith in him. Um, anyway, I'm going to pick it up here. There's some other things I want to, want to get into. Uh, but we're going to, there's, uh, there's just more here. I hope we this has been beneficial. But I, my heart is that we start trusting this name. And next week's going to get even better because I just barely got into the, the heart of my message right here. I think I can wrap it up next week. But at the same point in time, uh, we need to trust Jesus. And we have authority in this name. Because he's redeemed us. Because we are sitting with him on his throne. Because we are... Uh, baptized into his name because of the finished work of the cross. 
We bear his name in everything we do. And his name, because of the cross, because he's alive, because he's redeemed us, there is power in that name. That every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. Every power, every principality of power, every spirit of affirmity, every spirit of worry and strife and stress, every spirit of division and discord, every spirit of, of whatever, we can rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Not because we're using magical words, but because there's authority in that name. There's authority in that name, just like there's authority in, uh, I don't know where my badge went, but there's authority... There's authority in our badge. Um, I probably should just wear it next week. And I'll share it faster day. But anyway, uh, but there's authority. Not because he has a gun, because he has a badge. But when a cop knows his authority, he is ready. I mean, once he puts on that uniform and he steps out of that door of that police station, he is ready to do you to do service. You know, when I worked, used to work at the city of Brea. And once in a while we would have some staff meetings and uh, I didn't work for the police department, I worked for the community service department. But at the same point in time, we, we, once in a while we have meetings with, uh, if uh, some of the ladies work over, especially ladies, it can be guys too, but let's say they worked late at night or whatever the case would be. But maybe they just felt eerie about walking to their car alone at night. They said, you can call dispatch and have the police escort you to your car. He said, there's not an officer that when they put on that uniform that doesn't want to be a hero. Not that they're going to be do something stupid heroically. But they, they would rather be proactive in protecting their life than to be reactive in coming after the scene. And uh, I know there's some different scenarios from some of that. But my, the point I'm trying to make is that when we know our authority, not because we're saying the right words. I'm not saying we don't say the name of Jesus. I'm not saying we don't tack it on at the end of prayer. But it's not a formula in that in that in a sense that we're trusting the formula. It's a formula in this, if you want to use the word formula, in the sense that we're trusting the power. That makes sense. We're trusting the authority. We're trusting Him. And, you know, uh, we're trusting Him. And. And as long as we know his will, as long as a, a, cop, a cop is uh, operating within the badge that's behind that badge, he has the authority to exercise that authority where needed. And he has the whole police force on his. You, you shoot a cop, you got the whole police force on your tail. You know, uh, he, he, he just don't mess with us. And uh, I know that's a little different than this in our day and age. But uh, uh, at the same point in time, God... God's word. God will back up his word. God says he honors his word above his name. And God will honor his word. If you know his word and you use his power of eternity according to that word, he, it will work every single time. But if it's not working, then there's nothing wrong with God's word. There's usually something wrong with our prayer. Or something wrong with our faith. And Paul said in Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 10, I come to perfect that which is lacking in your faith. Some of our faith needs to be perfected. It's not like it's way out there somewhere, but sometimes it just needs to be fine-tuned. Just like a guitar. I've been told by many musicians a guitar never stays in tune. You have to constantly be tuning it. If you ever go to a concert, 
that in between songs, well, most, most, most professionals will exchange their guitar in between songs. They do it so candidly, yeah, I, I mean, they do it so uh, uh, subtly, you don't even notice it. But there's usually someone in the back, in the back retuning it for the next song. And they, they will rotate guitars. Because uh, the guitar never, so sometimes we just, our faith needs to be perfected. Be tuned. Be, and so, uh, and we, we all need that. Why? Because there's so much ever information coming to us every day from the media, through the, through the enemy, through our own voice, even family and friends who love, they might love us dearly, but sometimes, you know, uh, even some good pastors, even Andrew could be off once in a while. You know, any of us could be off. We can't trust men. Praise God for certain men and women in our lives. We, I'm thankful for that. Don't get me wrong. But my trust is in Him, not them. My trust is in, in Christ in and through them, but my trust is not in them particularly. My trust, my, my faith is not in my prayer and the words I use, but I use the words because there's power behind it. Not in the, am I making sense? Um, there's, there's a fine line between putting faith in our faith and putting faith in Him. Putting faith in what we say, for, for, but saying, and saying what we say because we do believe Him. That makes sense? And, uh, ho uh, hopefully I make that more clear as we go forward. Lord, we worship you. We magnify you. Lord, I hope that we understand this. I thank you for the name of Jesus. You said everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And we thank you that your name is our strong tower. We thank you, Lord, you are Emmanuel. You are with us. You are the Lord, our salvation. And we worship you, we magnify you. And it's time for the church to use the name of Jesus and make a difference in this world, in this hour, in this age. In Jesus' name we give you thanks. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. We'll see you tonight at 6 o'clock. We'll come back next week and finish this message up.